Get down off of my car, please, and get up on the sidewalk. What year is it? Uh, it was brand new. No. What year is it? Uh, 1995, remember? Is this movie really great? Or will Vigo's dong dissipate? Find out on Jumanji Spoiler! Woof. <laughs> <laughs> What's a woof? Why is that a woof? What does it even mean? I mean, I just see it dissipating, that's all. It's like, if it's rock hard, it'd be big. If it's, we don't like it. Like an inverted Vigo? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> the reboot, surely better. It's been months since we've done this, so give me a little bit of slack. I like the reboots. I know I know some people don't, but I, I think they're funny. Oh, I love them. They're fantastic. I like the reboots. Corey freaking hates them. I want to ask Corey about that, but first we should introduce our host. This is Pappy, uh, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I sent the group the question earlier, um, but I'll read it for you, the audience. The, the opening question, your, the hosts, are going to challenge me in a board game. If I win, I get to consume your soul slash power. If you win, you survive. What board game are we playing? Um, We'll go from least recent host to most recent host. Corey, you last hosted on Boondock Saints, which we recorded on December 3rd, 2021. A long time ago. Ooh, that was six months ago. What board game are we playing? Hi, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. I didn't even realize in the question you said our power? Is that right? Yeah. Right, yeah, I would have you know, like your Mortal soul. Kombat. You know, your soul <laughs> is mine. Yeah. Shang Tsung in us. Alcoholism and poverty? Do you get those things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I don't know if you want to play this game, Pappy. Uh, let's see. I was thinking about Bill and Ted's bogus journey a lot when you brought that up. That was like the first thing that came into my mind, right? And if, for mm-hmm. those that don't know, Bill and Ted die, and they challenge the Grim Reaper to a series of games. Sound familiar? Uh, to basically win a favor from him which they use to kind of advance their own ends but they 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 don't play any kind of sophisticated game they don't even play chess they play battleship they play clue they play a few games they beat death every time he's a very poor sport but they end it with my answer pappy they play him in a good old game of twister Ooh, you think you could beat me in Twister? There's no way your greasy ass can hold a position for longer than a few seconds. Damn. He's so small. He's so compact. I don't know how limber Pap is anymore. No, I've never been limber. I can't even touch my toes. I'm sliding all over the map. You might have a chance. I'll give What's you that. This gre- oh, you got greasy fingers? Is that what it is? You don't want to shake my hand. I'll put I it that way. I've not- that. I, I shake my hands after the deals have been closed, and I can't renege on it. Uh, but Stevie, you're the second most recent host. You know me well, so I feel like you might have a tactical advantage here in picking the game. Well, I would kind of want to do a game where you and I, like, would be it'd be like a fifty-fifty toss-up. I would do the Wonderful World of Disney trivia board game. Okay, you'd win. Talks about parks, people. Would you guys be playing remotely? In person. In person. Okay, so no Stevie mm. looking at his phone and no one else can see. Got exactly. It. Yep. <laughs> I can't base my answers off Stevie either, <laughs> so I can't get close. Uh, my answer, by the way, would be the Jumanji board game. I actually had that game, which came out after the movie. 
I don't know if you guys remember the commercials, but they just scream the word Jumanji over and over. And over <laughs> they do zoom-ins too, like on people's faces. It's a movie about a game. Now the game comes to you. Are you adventurous enough to face the game's perils? Conquer it, or it can conquer you. Jumanji from Milton Bradley. Now the game is playing at a store near you. That was the way to advertise a motherfucking board game in the 90s. You ever see the Crossfire commercial? I love oh, yeah. that commercial. <laughs> the Crossfire commercial <laughs> yeah. is like drinking 25 Red Bulls and then just like <laughs> pounding your fist into a wall. It's so intense. You can Mikey, you last hosted on Uncut Gems. Are we playing Crossfire or something else for your soul? Slash I was also in the same vein as Stevie. What kind of 50-50 odds could I give myself? And I could only think of a card game, War, which would mm. just be straight up random. Or uh, for a board game, Sorry, which I think is pretty random. Why are you trying to be random? Your soul is on the line. Because he knows I'm fucking good at games. You can't stop me. He needs no, Lady Luck. No, it's just why. Why are you being so cruel to suck my soul? Your <laughs> soul is mine. I, I, I'm being pacifist here. He's going to get his soul sucked. Pap, do we get your soul? If I die, I still go to heaven if that exists. <laughs> Mikey's being a pacifist by playing the game War. No, I'm like I'm like the Seventh Seal guy, like Death. Oh, like, I'm yeah, yeah, Death. That's his him. name. Oh. Yeah. I no, you don't want my soul. It's super greasy. So much Papa John's garlic. <laughs> yeah, the reckoning. This is it. <laughs> Brett, we've done a lot of trivia nights together. Is your answer going to be trivia based? One thousand percent. This is Brett from Fort Wayne. Uh, you and I will be playing the 2011 game Trivial Pursuit Classic Rock Edition. Ooh, dude, I took two History of Classic Rock classes in college. I don't yep. know. I'm, I, I'm not, I don't, wouldn't fear like anybody in a game like that. <laughs> I gotta go with, I don't care how good you are, I gotta go with my skills. I mean, I'd probably rather just do a random pop culture ultimate edition, but, uh, they don't really have one that's newish, so. What band do you think you would school me on? What is your strong suit? Let's Can not be. do this, Pat. <laughs> okay. We don't you're going to you're gonna get the Beatles questions and the kinks, and I'm going to get everything else. I like the kinks. Josh wouldn't be there. Kinks are solid. So that wouldn't be an issue. I don't know if we've said this yet. We're here to talk about the 1995 Jumanji, not Welcome to the Jungle. I think we talked about that a little bit pre-pod. Corey, I wanted to start with you, though. I don't know if you remember when Welcome to the Jungle came out, but there was a lot of, like... I can't believe they're remaking this classic, and people were really mad about it and stuff. Oh, really? You're a 90s expert. Where does Jumanji sit on the 90s nostalgia movie tier list? Like many movies that came out in 1995, it ironically is a mid-tier 90s kids movie. I don't think it was ever a great movie, right? People liked it, and it's good, and that's just what Jumanji is. Like, it's... It's not Hook, Ugh. Stevie. 
Yeah, this, um, <laughs> oof. That's a real, that's a real dick thing to say, Corey. I expected more. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they're both terrible movies that feature Robin Williams. And Peter Pants got skits? I mean, yeah, they're just really two bad Robin Williams movies. One with terrible mm-hmm. CGI, one with disgusting <laughs> paste and paint. And, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be too much of a dick, but wow. not great. I didn't realize Stevie didn't was, was hating on this movie as much. But yeah. this movie like isn't in the lower tier like Jack. And it's not in the upper tier like Hook. And this is all my opinion, of course. But it's just one of those like mid-tier 90s movies. Pretty good. People like it. But it's not like perfection. It's not one of the movies where you say, that movie does not get remade because it's perfect as is. But people said that. They were so mad. About yeah, I guess people will say that about everything. I, what I'm saying is that they didn't have a right to. They were wrong for saying that. It's not one of those movies. There is room for improvement. Joe Johnston, 90s movies, God. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, what else did he direct? Did he do Honey, I Shrunk the Baby? No, that one is awful. Honey, I blew up the kid. Stevie, <laughs> I don't know how recently you watched this, before this podcast. I watched this about five years ago. I had no recollection of this double intro. Oh, it's the Page Master, Pappy. Oh, I love the Page Master. Mm. Joe Johnson, that's the one you're probably thinking of. Anyway, sorry. I had forgotten about that too. Dude, I, especially the 1869 one. Like when yeah. I watched this like before Welcome to the Jungle for like the first time in 10 years. Why that date, Pap? Why that date? Cuz it's nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you take us through what happens here. Um yeah, we're seeing kind of the decline of I guess you could say intelligence in man because this movie makes no sense first off. And we get two brothers who I think are living in Sleepy Hollow. Dude, I said the same thing. That looks like Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. It does. And which I actually like that movie quite a bit. I do too. But I think you mean Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow looks like Jumanji. Yeah, I'm not about that. Major influence on Tim Burton's work, Jumanji. Yeah, exactly. But you know, we're getting a lot of lightning off the faces, dramatic looks. And these two brothers, I imagine they're brothers, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. These two brothers, um, fortunately didn't get sucked into a jungle. And um, they finished the game. And they're going to bury it. And it, I guess my biggest gripe with this whole intro is just the fact that Jumanji is the first card of the entire movie. I hate that. Like, if I were president of all films, you shouldn't be allowed to show the title of a movie until it's said in the movie. You've said that before. And I'll say it again. (laughs) Sometimes, though, when they say the title of a movie in a movie, it just makes you cringe. Sometimes it's so fucking bad. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. But that's when that title card has to come up. Right, the cringe part. 45 minutes in. (laughs) Um, I just don't know why this double intro is here. I guess it adds a little bit of, like, gravity to it. Stevie, I was going to... Sorry to go back to you. I was going to ask a Stevie question. Where did this game come from? Like... Hell. What is the origin story? Yeah, hell. (laughs) Hell, but... um, If I had to guess, Africa probably brought over from the English as they're trying to colonize the entire world. Is it because of the Toto Africa drums? No, it's a wrong song. (laughs) Like a curse was put on it to, like, 
punish the colonizers? That's what you're saying? I mean, maybe, maybe the curse was, you know, you guys have awful taste buds. You don't deserve our spices. That could be. <laughs> Brett, I heard you, I heard you groan there, but we're going to fast forward a hundred years. First of all, did you think the young Alan Park Parish looks like Robin Williams? I thought it was like spot on cast. I, I thought, I don't know if I used to it as a kid, but there was probably at least half the movie where I saw him and I was like, I could totally see that. But then sometimes Robin's like, man, I don't know. It's, there's something different about him, but they do have the, sh- like the face shape was pretty dead on. So I- I'm with you. Uh, I think it was a good uh, casting job. That kid looks like the same age as Robin Williams somehow. Like this <laughs> kid looks like a 40 year old man. I think it's the schnoz. He's got the same nose. Did you ask me another question? or? Well, I just want to talk about what happens here in 1969. Because it's weird. Because I feel like Alan's the main character, but he also disappears for like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, so first of all, he's 40 years old in real life, which makes me feel really old. Um, so he's, I don't know, he's kind of like a run-of-the-mill kid. He's not like, he's not like super lame or anything. He's kind of, no. He's, he's a rich kid. Yeah, he gets bullied and stuff, but he doesn't seem like the type that flaunts it really much but uh kids just don't like him because he talked to this girl um he finds the game and then just leaves the crate thing open like someone's gonna be freaking out someone should be freaking out about what was in there right like the company that owns that land I, i was gonna ask mikey about this he clearly has no respect for work zones i feel really bad for carl played by david allen greer a man loses his job because of Alan's incompetence. <laughs> he doesn't own up to it. And this man invents, like, the sneaker or something. I don't know, like, before even, like, the Chuck Taylor comes out because he's like, Will Chamberlain is going to want to wear these or something. And it, it looks like a, a, a Air Jordan in, like, 1905. Yeah. So it's, like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he invents so 90s shoes in 1969. Yeah. Uh, so it's really awesome. And then he puts it on the conveyor belt, and then it gets destroyed. So then, his name is uh, what is it? Carl. 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 Yeah. So Carl loses his job and ends up becoming a, a cop later on in the movie. The tone of this movie is like ridiculous at times. Like it gets so silly. Like there's a point later where the little kid like looks right in the camera because he's like going to get an axe, but he has an axe in his hand. Like some of the jokes just come out of like. Oh left field we're already there are we that is my singular least favorite scene of this movie happy it has been since 1995 when i saw this movie in theaters i fucking hate that part part, bro i hate it which one so we'll get to it but when the spiders come um robin williams is trapped in the floor and he's like go get the axe and the and the wolf child runs to grab the axe and he gets to the shed and he finds an axe he starts chopping down the shed and he looks right in the camera and goes Oh, does the tone bother you, Corey? You don't like that joke? I really just there's no place for like a fourth wall break in this movie at all. I mean, a lot of movies, really, right? Like that's not something you do in a movie generally, unless there's something that works with that in the story itself. So the fact that this kid does that is just so dumb. I remember thinking like that's not funny that he just looked at me right now, like. like that that takes away from the stakes of that moment and the stakes are pretty dire at that point in the film which we'll come back to why though he's deadpool but it's like the same thing like with the shoe joke but just at a different point in the movie it doesn't diffuse the tension but it's just like 
it's totally i mean it's just gonna sound really stupid to say in a movie where like things come to life but it's like outside of the laws of this universe <laughs> in a way yeah it's just like too weird and stevie like it feels like they're also trying to like tie in this theme of like parents relating their kids what's going on with these one percenters what are their problems so i've said this before in this podcast and i'll say it again not always in life, but most times in movies. Characters who have a difficult relationship with their fathers, their biggest fear is becoming their fathers. Yeah. And what this movie has taught us along the way is that if you want to live a happy life, don't run away and don't play board games. Yeah, but then you'll get a sick house. Get to go to Cliffside, baby. It's always been the plan that you go to Cliffside when you were ready. I mean... Parishes have been going to Cliffside uh, ever since the 1700s. Even your Uncle Schuyler went there. Look at this. Parish Hall. It's the main dormitory. Is this not, like, totally unrelatable, though, Stevie? Like, that he's... This is his problem? I don't root for Kid Allen. I never have. The Parish family is like... I mean, the Rothschilds in New England, pretty much. You know, they have statues of Grandpa... You know, Civil War swords are crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely fought for the South. Yeah, definitely <laughs> fought for the South before they, you know, moved over to New England. But, um, yeah, I just have a, I have a like, tough time rooting for Kid Allen. I, yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit, and, yeah, like, he doesn't not, learn. he's not well, that like, bad. His lesson is that he becomes a man in the, or, like, he takes responsibility. He's owning up to the the uh, Carl thing, he's... Yeah. I mean, it's all about growing up, right? And like, He doesn't deserve 26 years in hell, though. That's not no, like... No, but he also doesn't deserve does? the chance like, to invest in Nike. Dude, <laughs> that's a really good point. And we'll talk about that later. But this is actually kind of a blessing in disguise. These, come, these kids are coming back as prodigies. Yeah. <laughs> they have like a whole yeah. adult's life worth of experience in a 10-year-old body. They're going to be just fine. I do got to hand it for Alan. He really took that ass beating from the bullies... You know, he's, he's getting chased around by him. He runs and hides, and his dad's like, you got to face him. He gives him pretty good advice, but there's like eight of them. So he <laughs> dad, just totally gets... Bike at me. <laughs> he totally gets jumped. But you know what? It's a good step in the right direction. He took it like a man, at least. But I can see why he'd be, like, aggravated, at least for the rest of the day. <laughs> like, those bullies, though, have terrible networking skills. Yeah, for real. The guy you want to beat up, like, the father owns i mean he's a shoe magnet for christ's sakes like be nice to him and you can better your life tenfold yeah i bet their parents are ticked once the shoe factory goes out the town goes to shit it's oh, a yeah. This town, town. yeah this town is <laughs> a nuclear bomb went off 30 miles outside this town yeah i guess we should probably fast forward to Corey, your prime the heart of the 90s we meet the shepherd family the year's 1995 um anyone stand out to you from the shepherd family well as an adult i watch this and i'm thinking like the woman that's raising the two kids the aunt she's got to like work for the mob or something right like how the fuck is she buying this house like i was really preoccupied with that (laughs) so you know women can have jobs now well, I think it's uh, when we go around and see the, what the town is like. The town is just filled with hobos. This is a fucking mansion, this place. It's insane. She 100% took the life insurance. 100%. Settlement. 
and used it to better her life. <laughs> I also bet she got a really good deal on it since it's old and decrepit. In a shitty town. It only yeah. takes one yeah. montage to make the place perfection. I don't know. It's utter horseshit. Not a great montage. <laughs> I mean, I built a new house, and I can't clean it in a single day. This lady's buying a decrepit mansion. And it's like, oh, it's going to be all clean in no time. It's got good bones. Brittany brought it up. She's like, wouldn't the real estate person sweep up the leaves Not and this clean lady. up a little bit? It's a town full of hobos, Brett. They clean for she nobody. As is. She got a discount on it. I think the most realistic part of this whole movie is that there are no hobos living in that house. That? I think there would definitely be people living in the house. Yeah, I got, I got a couple more hobo issues. No hobos around a... um. Like a trash can lit on fire doing doo-wop. That was a shame to not see. <laughs> yeah. You always got to have doo-wop hobos, no matter what movie you do. And then, um, no hobos living in the uh, the parish factory. Just one. Yeah, but why is there only one? Who was he, that He guy? was the king he had a, of the hobos. He had a nice setup. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a hobo for sure, but like, he was the ultimate hobo. Like, he had a... He had such a decent living condition that he might have, like, expanded beyond being a hobo. <laughs> Dude, what he has in living conditions, he lacks in tact. So he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen your parents around on Oakley Street. Oh, I know. That's terrible. <laughs> Go visit them. That's like, yeah. that's like bad shtick. It's like really bad. Like, yeah, I've seen your parents at the funeral home. I mean, like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> They're about six feet deep. <laughs> I visit them from time to time, he says. When I piss on their grave. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, there's two child actors, and, and that's what I was saying. It's weird to me that Alan's the main character because when I when I thought about Jumanji, like in my brain from like childhood, I remembered like Kirsten Dunst and Bradley Pierce, who's Chip in Beauty and the Beast, as like the main characters. But what do you feel about the child acting in this movie? Uh, I didn't think it was bad. I mean, Kirsten Dunst is obviously a good enough actress to get a uh, Oscar nom and. I think I thought, she's good. I don't know about the quiet kid. Uh, I thought he had really good physical acting. Uh, I mean, that thing he does on the tree branch was like, oh, that's probably not him, is it? I was trying to tell. It looks really good. It, like it looks awesome. Yeah, like, I don't know. I thought he was a pretty good physical actor. And uh, yeah, I mean, I f- freaking despise looking at him when he's the, <laughs> would you call him wolf boy? He's yeah. a monkey. Gotta love the yeah, wolf boy. He becomes the kid from the Road Warrior, essentially. <laughs> Minus <laughs> the boomerang. The feral child? <laughs> the feral child. Do you miss mom and dad? No. Liar. If you don't cut that out, they're gonna send you to a shrink. Where do you think they're gonna send you if you don't start talking? The two child actors who we just talked about, they hear the drums... And they find Jumanji, the the doy that's sweeping the nation. <laughs> Brett, I think it yeah. might behoove us to try and, and just talk through what are the rules of Jumanji and what's like the logic of Jumanji. Because I have a couple of gaps in terms of like the player order, like what has to happen. But as you understand it, what are the rules of Jumanji? Well, first of all, I know we're probably going to get to this later, and I don't think I've ever... I finally watched it as an older, cynical adult, and I was so mad about their strategy and game playing. I'm sure we'll get to that later. But it's so stupid. This game should have taken nine minutes. Hmm? All you have to do is oh, roll. Yeah. Just don't yeah. stop rolling. Roll, roll, roll. And if you have to roll and then run away half a mile 
And before you roll again, go ahead, but just freaking roll. Just play. The game's over. Just play in a car. Just drive a hundred miles well, an that's hour. Exactly, that's exactly what I said to Brittany, but that's hard for them not having a car, but it's like you roll, you get in the car, you drive a mile away, you get out, you roll, you drive a mile away, you roll. I mean, just let the things out. No, it's going to give you like a car bomb message. It's going to be like... <laughs> Van Pelt spawns in the backseat. <laughs> Listen here, you little toad, your fucking car is going to explode. <laughs> That's better than my spoiler. <laughs> I had hours to think. <laughs> Sorry, I got a mini rant. My pap, what was your? Oh, the game. It's like uh, you. But that's all you have to do is just roll. But why though? Move. Yeah. Oh yeah. And why do they always have to roll in the house? Why keep rolling? It makes no sense. Either don't stop rolling or never start rolling. But don't do this weird half and half thing where every ten minutes you introduce a new conflict. To the you story. let out scary ass mosquitoes, monkeys, and what was it? Lion. Oh, a lion. But they were freaked out about the house after the monkeys. Which, that CGI was Ace's boys. Oh my god. <laughs> See, this house, or this this movie's premise revolves around the market value of this house. The, these kids are freaked out <laughs> they destroyed the house. It's Mouse Hunt. It's a LaRue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charles Lyle LaRue. That's the only reason they keep playing the game. The kids are terrified. Okay, special effects. Awful. Awful. Keep in mind, this is what, two years after Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park looks like... 100 billion times better than this. So, there are some bad special effects, yes. Specifically, I think the monkeys are the worst. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, especially, like, when they get away from the actual wood background and they're out in the open, they look so, so bad. I like the monkey with the knives. He's terrifying. (laughs) They're they're pretty terrifying looking, all of them. (laughs) I like the monkey with the gun on the back of the police. (laughs) The crocodile looks really, really fake, so too. So here's, like, here's where, I, where I start to change my mind on some of these things, Brett. I actually don't mind the puppets in this movie. I am 100% fine with most of the puppets. Like, the crocodiles, I thought were pretty cool. Like, I didn't think they looked bad. Yeah, I didn't say uh, that whole scene was, that freaked me out. I mean, I mean that's because I would hate that. But, I mean, they just looked fake. I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, again, I'm not going to judge it based on... Yeah, it didn't hold up. Like it aged really poorly, but but that's like I you mean, said though. It's after Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like this benchmark. I, I know the budget wasn't as big, but I gotta think it was a pretty big budget movie. For I mean, Robin Williams is pretty hot at the time. I'd say um, it was right same year he did Jack. Right? I mean, he's untouchable that year. <laughs> yeah, Jack. Jack made him <laughs> untouchable. Oh yeah, he's in a Francis Ford Coppola movie. He's on top of the world. <laughs> The stampede looked, I mean, it's pretty, it seems like it's pretty easy to do the really big animals like the, the rhinos and the elephants and stuff. Why go full body though? I don't get it. It's the monkeys' faces. Why do the monkeys have this uncanny valley of almost looking human? That's why I'm a firm believer yeah. that the lion in the, um, in the attic, like coming out of the dark, was probably the last shot of the entire movie. The puppet lion? Yeah, it looks great. Reminds me of a never-ending story. The lion full body looks awful. That's what I mean when I say like some of the some of the puppets are like pretty good, but when they get too CGI with it, and I don't know if this version that I watched on Amazon Prime has like been updated because I remember the CGI actually looking worse. This was the first DVD I ever owned, and it was in a CD case. Like that did not last very long at all. But like that's how early this dvd was i got a dvd player pretty early on because my mom got a deal at best buy where she worked let's go but i think things have been improved actually like at some point in time like 
you know, that happens sometimes with movies. I know they fixed a lot of the blue screen in Willow, for example, but, uh, it's it was better than I remember. I think some of you guys it might be the opposite though. I'm with Stevie. Like the monkeys really take take me out of it. I I really don't like the way that the monkeys look. But Mikey, you're our practical effects guy. We're 30 minutes into the movie, and this is where Robin Williams, the star of the movie, makes his first appearance. How would you describe Alan's mental state at this point after the five is rolled and he's returned to our universe? Right, and his first uh, objective is to, like, steer this giant CGI lion into a bedroom, which he does pretty easily because he's uh, well-equipped to do that kind of thing. Um, he's just, like Corey said, the feral kid from <laughs> Road, Road Warrior. I don't know. He doesn't really... He's just, like, making noises, and he's dressed in banana leaves. He's kind of just like all about the jungle I mean he's just has not had any human contact for nearly 30 years so he's he's kind of just insane a little bit I have a question for Mikey real quick who's got more hair the lion or Robin Williams oh Robin Williams sure (laughs) just on the back it's funny when you first see him you're like oh he's covered in dirt then you're like oh no that's his hair (laughs) he's like the hairiest guy well, not any, not anymore. But could you imagine what this uh, Alan Parrish would smell like getting warped back? <laughs> oh my into god! Present day, and he's been wiping his butt for twenty six years with banana leaves. So <laughs> why does he shave, Stevie? That really bothers me. I feel like they shave so he's he, itchy. He's a he's a kid from sixth grade. He's never shaved in his life. I think there's a deleted scene. That was a scene from Jack that they just put in this movie instead. I think there's a deleted scene where I think there's a lot that got deleted, but. I could see Alan totally trying to emulate his father and seeing his dad, oh. like, shave in the morning. That would have been so much better. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy what good writing will do. you telling me that beard hasn't bothered him for 20 years? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying he doesn't know anything else. Imagine what his pubes look like. He probably wrecked havoc on his nutsack <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's probably... That was the pile from the beginning, yeah. <laughs> That's... That's the real jungle. <laughs> yeah. But Stevie, like, does it not feel like it's just they want... Like, Robin Williams looks like the Tarzan guy for literally 10 minutes of the movie. Yep. And it has the classic meme of the what year is it. So everyone kind of remembers him looking like that. But he's really... I hate to say this, but he's kind of just Robin Williams in this movie. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem like a sixth grade... Oh, he's not a character. He doesn't seem like a sixth grade kid who's like in the state of arrested development and has had to live in the wild for 26 years. Yeah, usually like when you like become feral like that, you know, he's not going to be as mature as other people or kind of like have his wits about him. Um, he's probably gonna, like I would like to see crazy Robin Williams the entire time. He's going to be like Newt from Aliens. That's how I picture... He also doesn't, like, kind of display any sort of, like, his skills. I mean, he beats up the gator and stuff, or the uh, crocodile or whatever. But I mean, he's not, like, doing survival-type stuff, I guess. He's just running away a lot. He knows when to run, and that's right after you roll the dice. Like, they need an expert (laughs) for this game. They can't complete it without a motherfucking (laughs) expert. So what do they have? They got Robin Williams, who whenever they roll the dice, he's like, oh, shit, run. (laughs) Something's coming, run. That's a good strategy. Sometimes, but sometimes he's like, let's get to higher ground while the house is flooding. Let's go towards the source of the water. Look, he's a prequel <laughs> fan. He's seen the memes. 
He knows what he's doing. What happened to you? You shaved with a piece of glass? What happened to you? The Clampets have a yard sale? <laughs> what do you want? I've never shaved before. Where are you going? How about Peter and I play and, and you just sort of watch? Thanks. I've seen it. <laughs> so if you're not going to help us, what are you going to do? I don't know. Pretty much take up where I left off. Wonder if Mrs. Niedermeyer is still teaching sixth grade. This movie is really a series, like I said, of like small conflicts that happen. It bumps up a little bit every time they roll the dice. We talked about how they go to the cemetery to see Robin Williams' dead parents in this timeline. Corey, there's a. It feels like a pretty expensive set piece with the mosquito trying to break into the car. I know you've been like back and forth on some of the CGI. How'd you feel about this particular set piece? I thought it was pretty good. I like the way the mosquitoes look and the threat of the mosquitoes, because to me, that's like one of the scariest prospects in terms of animals that come out of here. Like a fucking giant insect is a thing that like would send shivers down my spine. It's probably the singular reason I'll never go to Australia. But uh, I, I I like the threat of them, and then like they show, like the damage that the mosquitoes alone wreak on the town. They've like, you know, put eighty nine people in the hospital and shit. And imagine getting stung by one of those. Good God! It cracks glass. Yeah, like I get cracking the window glass, but like I don't know the windshield. <laughs> they they drag a lady out of a, out of that car. She probably has a bullet hole in her head. Just where the stinger was. <laughs> right, yeah. She's Just dead. Pierce glass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause I, I, I really didn't like that scene because I feel like it's depending a lot on the spectacle of the mosquito. Like, it. I don't know. Stevie, uh, how would you feel about the giant mosquito? I feel like you're the counterpoint here. As a young person scared the shit out of me. Um, it's a terrifying idea. Yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters when I was younger. being like, oh my god, this is scary. Um, <clears throat> as I've gotten older, um, not so great. If and you know the crazy thing is, guess who was in charge of the special effects of this movie? Who? George Lucas's company, Industrial Light and Magic. Wow, isn't that kind of shocking? They can turn out some good work if you give them some money. <laughs> I'm wondering how maybe much they money weren't they paid enough. This is intern yeah. <laughs> work. But I mean, I personally kind of like that mosquito scene still. Just because I think it takes me back to when I was younger and it scared me. I'm with Brett. The idea of it like coming through the top of the convertible works, but I, I don't know about a mosquito's nose piercing glass. But Brett, we haven't mentioned one of the main characters of this movie. One of the stars, Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Sarah Whittle. What's she like? How, what's uh, her mental state? <laughs> it's not very good, but he, I think, rightfully gives her a couple. Gives her crap a couple times throughout this movie about I won't stop playing. Why didn't you keep, I mean, like, I don't know. First of all, do we think the game has power of when it can show itself or do you think it doesn't? Only children. Except for the people that at the end, Bonnie Hunt. Oh, that's the only one who calls them or whatever. I'm just saying because like, I don't know. I I think it's like once you've started, you're in it. But that's what I don't understand is... At one point, the two new kids are just rolling back and forth. Like, wouldn't, according to the laws of this movie, Brett, they would have to involve 
Sarah, like, wouldn't it be her turn? You know? Did they roll back and forth? I think they roll three times. It's mosquitoes, monkeys. Yeah, but he rolls, he rolls doubles. Oh. Don't forget about them doubles. Then she, and the then she tries. Then she tries to roll, and it doesn't work. Okay. I think they do rotate players correctly. See, Brett. Yeah. Stratus, strategery right there by Brett. He knows the rules of Jumanji. He's at an advantage already. Hey, I'm, I've been prepared for Jumanji my whole life, so... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if if that were to happen to me and I was in her situation and the game sucked Alan off uh, in whatever. <laughs> what? Sucked I, no, Alan I off? I didn't know what... what Step yeah. Jumanji. Um, <laughs> like, like, I would call... I would, like, go get... I would go get the adults and say, watch. Watch me roll this dice. This die. Or these dice. And then show them what happened and then you don't spend the next 26 years everyone hating your guts thinking you're a crazy person. But she's also a kid, I guess, but... We might all die, but I have to prove I'm not crazy. Oh, what? We forgot about her role, the bats. What do you guys think about the bats? That look pretty cool, right? Meh. I think they uh, they definitely escalate the things that come out of Jumanji, right? Because the bats are, like, the least threatening, and they have basically no, like, greater impact on the town. Other than just like yeah. one of them sits in the house for a while, you know. But first, it's the bats. Then Alan gets sucked in. Then when it goes later to the other kids, then it's like more dangerous stuff that starts coming. So I think Jumanji itself, the game, which is like basically a sentient being, is aware mm-hmm. of like escalating the stakes. Although it, maybe it kind of gets muddy, like towards like the last five things that come out because they might be like interchangeably dangerous. I mean, the most dangerous thing that comes out of this game, of all the animals and all the, you know, crazy mm. jungle creatures, is a dude with a gun. Like, that's the scariest yeah. thing to come out of here. That's the biggest threat of them all. Hey, His uh, I know you were talking about... Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. Remind me to come back to that. That's some psychological damage that that game is inflicting on Alan. That's making true. Making the hunter who's trying to kill him. The same as his dad. I never noticed that until I watched that. I, Brittany didn't either, and I don't know if I did until I was, like, maybe older. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But you were talking about the uh, Industrial Light Magic. Did you see who did, like, the animatronics and stuff? It's a pretty successful company called uh, Amalgated, Amalgamated Dynamics. They did, like, they're Tremors. Uh, Ooh, love Tremors. Santa Claus, Mortal Kombat. Uh, alien, the alien movies. They did Goro. Which, I mean, they did Santa Claus. They did the Santa Claus, yeah. Uh, Hollow Man's Hollow Man. Bubble Boy, but like they did like Spider Man and scary movies and the Santa Claus movies and stuff like that. Like they're like legit. So, like you said, the puppets and stuff were cool, Corey. So I'm just saying they seem like a pretty legit company. The sentient plant looked great. I thought, because that was all practical, Little shop right? of horrors. Yeah, that wasn't bad at all. The man-eating plant looked awesome. But, Corey, you, you touched on it. The most dangerous game. Man. Van Pelt. <laughs> Scott Van Pelt. <laughs> Scott, Scott Van Pelt. SVP. He's a, a lot of gunplay with Van Pelt. He kind of unloads on a cop at one point mm-hmm. during this movie. It's, it's wild times in the 90s. Yeah, Van Pelt does not fuck around, does he? Like, that dude is fucking crazy. He's a- I, I mean, I like that there's, like, an established rule, like, he will not, like, 
intentionally shoot anyone in the head other than the guy that summoned him from the game, which happens to be Alan Robin Williams. So, like, that's kind of a cool thing that they explain to you, like, later. Like, why hasn't he just shot this kid in the head? It's because he's always trying to get Alan, and Alan's always running away. Um, he's a good addition, and he's, you know, he's intelligent, so he has that level of threat. While the animals are just kind of, like, out there causing chaos. Well, the, mon- the monkeys might be kind of intelligent too they're doing some shit that normal monkeys can't do but these are special jumanji monkeys they can drive do you think that alan went to his house like inside the game is the game like the mirror universe i don't know what's inside that game but i just the picture rock? yeah the rock just the, oh, the rock jungle. yeah <laughs> but i just picture like alan going over to his house realizing he's going to be hunted and then has been running ever since that's an interesting question. What did Robin Williams experience while he was in Jumanji? I always pictured it as he was in a jungle. You know what I mean? Like in a distant land. Steve, you think it was That's like overlaid? Think. Yeah. With like I, I'm with you, Pat. What do you mean overlaid? Like the upside down? Yeah, he's in New Hampshire, but it's Jumanji, New Hampshire, where all the shit's going going off. Is that what you're saying? Mm, no. I was just, that guy reminds me a lot of um, The Most Dangerous Game. You guys read that short yeah. story, right? Yep. Concord, we did. And I just always picture kind of Alan in his 20s, like, living out that short story in Jumanji. Because I picture Jumanji just fucking with Alan. Like, it's his own little universe. But also in the past, because it's Van Yeah, Pelt. it's more like old Hampshire. Mm. <laughs> Early 1900s. But Van Pelt does know how to make his way to a gun store. Brett, is this how it goes down in a gun store? Can you just drop some gold coins on a counter? Definitely, definitely not. Maybe back in 1995, but it was actually a waiting period. But definitely not now. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> what do you mean? It's not worth it. Have you seen 10 gold coins before, Brett? It might change your mind. Nah. Nah. What is he wielding? Brett? Yeah, what is that first gun, Brett? It's a tube with a with an iron sight and just <laughs> a giant magazine on it. They make it look like an elephant gun. That's what they want it to look like. It's actually just a regular uh, Winchester shotgun that they put like a bunch of stuff that make it look. Uh, it's insane. Like an elephant gun. It's got a big tube that they put on, like a big, yeah, a large tube that make it look like. What that. is an elephant gun gauge, Brett? Was it a four gauge? It's up there. Have you ever seen a, someone shoot a four-gauge shotgun? It's like the freaking world explodes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember, but uh, the, they're very big. But then, actually, as crazy as it is, and I don't know if the person who knew anything about guns, but that's the thing he shoots the rest of the time is actually just a shotgun, a 12-gauge shotgun that just has like a drum mag. I've never. That's a real gun. I've never seen one before. It's a Daewoo USAS-12. I mean, like, crazy. Like a rifle or something. Right, exactly. That's why I think that, like, maybe they chose drama over, like, realism. Like, that's you definitely don't want to try to shoot someone long distance with a 12-gauge shotgun. It looks like he's trying to snipe them uh, with the cop. But it's pretty dope. I mean, that it's ugly as crap. But, um, you know, you have the fake mythical silencer on the end and again the drum mag that you usually only see on Tommy guns. It's fucking epic. That whole scene is epic. That's like my favorite scene of the movie. My singular favorite scene. It doesn't even involve Robin Williams. It's just Van Pelt going to the gun store because 
he can't get any ammo for his gun. He gets a whole new one. You know, he just drops those gold coins and the guy's like, I got you. Don't tell anyone you got this here. And if, I don't know. It's just kind of like kind of funny throughout. Like I'm kind of giggling a little bit. And then the last line of the scene is so fucking good. He looks at him and he goes, you're not a postal employee, are you? <laughs> that's a great Dude. line. It's a little too <laughs> soon um, at, for the time. But yeah, that's a really funny, uh, really clever line. Dude, that is good. So for you Zoomers out there, it used to be a, a verbal meme that people who work for the post office would go crazy and shoot everybody. So that's the the genesis of that joke. Was that based on an event? Did that actually... Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. That's why I said too soon. Happened in the 70s, I uh, think. 80s, I think. So... Uh, who knows? You, you wouldn't see that kind of joke in a kid's movie today. 86. About um, shootings? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're not a postal worker, are you? We talked a little bit, Mikey, about some of the practical effects. Um, so Peter tries to cheat the game, and he starts to Ugh. turn into that wolf child. Did you like the It's a the monkey. Way? It's a monkey. <laughs> He's a wolf, bro. It's, That's team no, it, makes wolf. It, it makes an evolution joke. He has a prehensile tail. It comes in handy later in the movie. He's a monkey. I definitely never got that uh, as a kid. That That's like an evolution clue. Uh, but... Yeah, definitely a monkey or ape. I thought it looked good, though, Mikey. Did you enjoy it? You just saw the new Cronenberg uh, movie. Are the practical effects up to that level? Um, no, Pep. These effects don't hold up to Crimes of the Future, unfortunately. How many <laughs> genitalia were cut off in this movie? Not in, enough. In Jumanji, not enough. You could have gone <laughs> deeper with that. Pappy, I thought the monkey looked okay from afar but when they show it up close it looks so bad his face is horrifying they'll do anything to make sure this kid doesn't say too many lines you know though first at the beginning of the movie he like is traumatized so he's silent then he becomes like a monkey boy and apparently he can speak he just rarely does he mostly makes chimp noises why doesn't he just evolutionary like why doesn't he just turn become full monk yeah become full monk yeah that's a good point Corey. he's he is the absolutely quiet type in the beginning of the movie and then he breaks the fourth wall he's the character that breaks the fourth wall mm. pretty fucking dumb i don't like the part where robin williams rips his pants and his tail comes out i don't know why i just don't i don't no, I thought the whole it. thing was pretty funny because he's like crying i don't know it's supposed to tie in like the bigger parenthood themes right mm-hmm. i warned you about this peter no you wanted to play the game <laughs> What, are you crying? You don't cry, all right? You keep your chin up. Come on, keep your chin up. (laughs) Crying never helped anybody do anything, okay? You have a problem? You face it like a man. Come here, I'm sorry. Hey, it's all right. Remember what you told me? It's all right to be afraid. It's not that. What is it? This next part of the movie, Corey, I don't really like. You talk about this a lot on Big Dumb Movie, but the whole part where they're in the, what's it called, like, saving shop or whatever. The They're at a Kmart, Pappy. They're at a Blue Light Special Kmart. Blast from the past. It's Home Alone. In a 90s movie, right? Like, they're setting pranks. 
for why? Van Pelt. Why did they have to do this? <laughs> you know, like it's so fucking annoying. So you're, you're exactly right, and I talk about it all the time. I it's just because I review movies that always have it. I think, but you see it a lot. Yeah, you do see it a lot. So the the thing that I hate the most about this movie is the fourth wall break. Quick thing, not too much involved there you know if you cut it out it would be one second of screen time cut the second thing that i really don't like about this movie is everything that goes down in kmart van pelt Mm -hmm. has the game they're kind of chasing him around alan is somewhere else he's out there with the cops so it's 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 the kids and the girl uh, sarah and just the shit they do in the kmart to try to like get it from him they have to of course devise some traps they gotta grease up the floor so he slips and falls down and he becomes a fucking comic book character or not a comic book character but a, a cartoon. cartoon character you know it's very looney tunes and stupid and dennis the menace and home alone and all that shit peter the time to be what alive. does he make i don't understand like and why is he wearing the mask then wouldn't it be easier to just find a knife and try and stab him? <laughs> <Pelt? laughs> right? I mean, yeah, hopefully the kid doesn't have to do it, but... I mean, he can have one in each arm and one on his tail. I mean, he's a deadly, pretty deadly weapon. I got mad about the tires. I mean, like, why don't run away from the tires? They're, they're, they don't weigh 90 pounds a piece. Just barrel, barrel through them, man. They're heavy, man. <laughs> Not that heavy. That's one of those classic like cartoon references. You always wonder, like, what would even happen in that situation? That and the banana like, peel. I'm rolling on a log. Dude, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that in the way like Van Pelt screams when he's on the jet canoe. Like that again. It doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie at all. It's so oh, over it's the definitely top. It's like Bobby Jim Carrey screaming. screaming in Ace Ventura. That's like where it belonged. It, yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. It's so over the top. And Stevie, I, I wanted to come back to Carl real quick because we haven't talked about him in a while. Carl. Carl, Carl. <laughs> doesn't make a single decision that a normal human police officer would ever make no. in this movie. It's so infuriating. And you just have to let that go, I guess. But does it does it bother you? Um, it's proof of concept. Um, most things involving Carl invo- involve a lot of CGI. Um a lot of huge set designs, I guess. Everything he's in, you just know CGI is like on the way. Carl's. I guess something for you, Pat. I was just real quick. Carl's car gets stolen, and he never like phones it in. Nope. He gets he gets assaulted by a person who he believes to be crazy and like locked to a car. He doesn't call it in. Like, I don't know. Sorry, Brett. What would you have for me? Uh, oh, I think. Do you think maybe it's like a to show us? That his path was, he's a creative type. He needed to be in a different field. And like, he says at the beginning, he doesn't, basically doesn't like being a cop. I don't know, maybe he's just a, not a natural police officer. He's really bad at it. But he's just not supposed to be doing that. Or is it just because David Allen Greer was still a decently well-known comedic actor at the time? I don't know. I mean, I think that he's good in the role. I, I just feel like every decision he makes is to service a movie for children where you're not supposed to think about like a way a real human being would, would respond to anything. Why does Robin Williams drive through the Kmart? Because his brakes go out. I know, but like he had time. Swerve that shit. Like no sane human being would be like, well, we're going in. 
Maybe he also ran out of power steering fluid. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> hey, even if you're right, wrist was tied, was chained or whatever to the car, don't you think you'd rather drive with your opposite hand than a guy who's never driven before? I mean, I'd still, I'd be a lot better driving with, you know what I mean? Let me back up. Why does Robin Williams even lock him to the car door in the first place? That, that makes no sense because that, that really caught me off guard last night. The keys are four feet away. Go pick up the fucking keys. Like what? Plus, why did he even chain him? He The guy said he could go. He's going to help him or whatever. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like when they no. lock their aunt in a closet during a monsoon or like, or I guess it's before the monsoon later in the movie, but it's like. Don't lock her in the closet in this house of horrors. She might right die. Now. Yeah. I think Robin was uh, was improvising, and they were just like, okay, well, this is part of the movie now. We're going to have to work around this. <laughs> we touched on the monsoon. There's also some quicksand. I would say some pretty DC-tier CGI for this movie. It doesn't look great. But, Brett, I've been waiting to come to you for this for all night. The spiders in the movie mm. i was super curious sorry i didn't warn you i know i normally try oh, no. to warn I've seen you this movie, i've seen this movie 10 times they're terrible looking spiders though right these don't bother you i, I started watching then i turned away for a little bit and then i was just like, this is looks terrible i mean again i don't like to tempt fate because you know like i i'm the type of person that if i even hear a spider related thing i like i'm gonna have a nightmare uh, where I freak Britney out, but like I was just like, this is so bad. I mean, they're so plastic looking. I mean, they don't get me wrong; they look like enough like spiders from the top, but it's just so obviously fake. I think they're cool looking. I like them. But again, how? I guess my thing to you would be: how real can they look if someone who's extremely arachnophobic has no trouble watching them? I think they're the wrong size. Like proportionally, I yeah. feel like they look weird. You, like, if you want to like have effects like that, you either got to go really big or really small. I'm scared of more scared of hairy spiders than spindly ones, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I can handle it better. So, does the spider from um, Harry Potter bother you? Eh, Aragog, no. The little ones, a little bit. Yeah. What if all of these spiders had a little toupee? <laughs> then what? I might laugh. Terrifying. I tell you what I do. I'd get uh, uh, oh Annabelle Lee out, and I'd uh, have a little fun <laughs> shooting oh, elephant gun, shooting them and making them explode. This is the part, Corey, where we get the axe in the woodshed. I, I know you touched on it already, but it's so bad. I don't understand why it's in this movie. Do you? Do you at least like the? Uh, I don't remember it. The, the longest dice roll ever where Robin Williams... Oh, I hate that. God, it was making me so mad. I don't know why that made me so mad. Remind me, what are you ta- what, what's the longest dice roll? So, oh, my God. So down go the ahead, seconds. Go ahead, Brett. It's at the very end. He's trying to roll that die uh, with... with What's his face there? Van Pelt. And it falls through the crack. I mean, it's like Robin Williams. He had one job. Just throw it down. But it goes down the crack and it falls through everything and it rolls and rolls. It just, you didn't see that? Oh my God, it went up for 30 seconds. It doesn't make any sense because the dice is moving in slow motion. Then it's cutting back to a shot that's happening in like real time. So it's, How much momentum could that die have? A lot. Oh, well, it did fall through like the, 
the bowels and cracks of the house, which is now like split in half from the fucking earthquake roll they got. So it traveled 398 feet. I think it went through the core of the earth and came back. Yeah. Yeah. Came out on the other side. China. <laughs> and Robin Williams is able to scream Jumanji when it pops back out Jumanji. to the other side of what the earth. What did you just say? Jumanji. Jumanji. It kind of ties into the intro, but Stevie, could you... Can I bring something up, Pap? Please do. Yeah. I'm watching um, Wolf Boy here running to get the axe. <laughs> yeah. He's not a wolf. I never would have thought Mikey of all people would be so mad Teen about wolf. the mistake. It doesn't look like a normal frame rate at all. Something weird is going on. Sped up? Maybe you're just losing internet. No, 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 no. I've watched this like three. Yeah, it's way sped up. It's really strange the way this is shot. It feels like a Benny Hill skit, almost. Yeah, He grabs the axe and he has to like, chop down the thing. Yeah. What were you going to say, know. though, Pap? Oh, his first axe strike is just so <laughs> infuriating. <laughs> Everything about that scene is terrible. But Why does he look ed- at the camera? The end oh, of the movie, America. Stevie. Yeah. Could you talk? Could you talk us through the little coda here, and then I'll I'll, I'll be right back. Could someone else jump in? But like, what happens here? Because it's almost like we've been covering a lot of multiverse movies. I was gonna lately. say, you think they invented the? I mean, how many different universes are out there? If that game's been around for thousands of years. Okay, it's in English, so it can't be around that long, but... How many children have died by this board game exactly. hand? <laughs> Stevie, talk us through that. I'll be right back. Well, is there me talk about like, what the after effects of Jumanji? I guess. So the, the, the last two scenes, I don't know. Well, first off, we win I Jumanji. So much. After Van Pelt didn't die getting crushed by a thousand paint buckets. Um... Yeah. Not even a broken yeah. bone. He's like yeah, no, Jumanji he's immortal. He's like a T-1000 from the game, you know? Like, this dude... He can't die from things in this universe. He may seem human, but, like, he gets, like, put back together. Okay, but we get Alan and uh, Miss Whittle back into 1969. They hug, they embrace, yada yada. What always bothered me about this ending was throwing it in the river or whatever off the bridge. It's lazy. Like, why not hold on to it? You just went through hell. Oh, yeah. Well, they don't want to hear that drumming, though. I don't give a shit. Like, you're (laughs) literally setting somebody up in the future to die. I'd love hearing that all day. By the logic of the movie, the dice have to, like, hit the box or something. Throw one dice on one corner of the earth and the dice on the other corner of the earth and chop up the box with that axe that you found. Look at the camera and then begin chopping. You you don't think you'd get some sort of curse chopping up a Jumanji box? That's kind of what I'm saying. I would try to burn it, but I, I don't know if I want to be around when it's all those demons coming and out. And I don't think I like um, Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt like knowing the, like, the future and the past. I don't like that. It seems like lazy to me. I love it. You know what's funny to me is that uh, Van Pelt, like right before he gets sucked into the game, he's about to shoot Alan. He's about to shoot Robin Williams. He fires the gun, and the bullet stops right in front of his face, which means that Jumanji now acquired a new gun from the regular world. That's Holy the one he got at the Let's go. <laughs> oh, my. Van Pelt is just extincting so many, so many species of animals. Dude, those French girls are just going to get mowed down <laughs> in the first two minutes of playing this game. Well, I didn't think about that. Yeah, they're going to be so dead, aren't oh, they? Oh, man. 
does the emotional appeal work for you, Corey? Do you like when um what's the what's her last name? Um Parish? Pop, Parish. Pop, Papa Parish and his son are embracing and because the son said sorry first, the dad's like, Okay, you don't have to go to a boarding school anymore. Cliffside? No, I do actually. I like the emotional wrap up, not just with him and his dad, which is I think good, but you know, what we get later as well. I think it's like it's it's, it's pretty charming in its own way. And you know, they were just both upset and they're human and you know haven't we all been there after all? I mean it's just I don't know. It's kind of nice to see that, but even nicer, I think, is what comes after. Now, you guys probably hate it. You guys hate everything about this movie. I get it. Whoa. Who's you guys? Whoa, whoa. Who's you guys? I never yeah, said that. Yeah, don't generalize, bro. I love the last 10 minutes Let's of keep the movie, it specific like, to so Stevie much. only. No, Stevie I like <laughs> dad and son talking again. I like that. Me too. That's like my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's heartwarming. Dad, I thought you were a hunter and you kept trying to kill me for 20 some odd years. Yeah. Well... Yeah. Al, we have to also realize Alan learns that like his dad loses his mind and like wastes all yeah, of his money the, and time yeah. trying to find. One hundred percent. That's the saddest part of the movie. I would have loved to have seen Looney Ben Papa Parish. I'd have loved to have seen that. That's the saddest part of this movie when he's like, "I never want to talk to you again." You know that. I mean, he, you look at the years they died. They only missed him by four years, I believe. Um, they both died the same year, a couple months apart. The parents and that's broken heart right that, there. That that breaks my heart. That's like the saddest part, and I love the fact that he gets to go back. And also, he wants to have a better relationship with his father. But for the time, that's how parents were. Um, they were uh, authoritarian. You know, they loved their kid, but they didn't show them a lot of warmth. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe from his dad, particularly. You know, like but not, like yeah, he yeah. loved him, and they had a decent relationship. But he's like obviously strained because that's just how they were. I mean, they don't, they didn't hug their kids really. I mean, Robin Williams uh, even mean, says you can't hug me, let alone shut right, up into yeah. pieces. You guys ever heard of a father's table? A father's uh, table. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's not the exact wordage, but these were pretty common in the forties and fifties. Um, a lot of dads wouldn't like eat dinner with their children. Um, a lot of dads would have like a table kind of offshoot in the kitchen well, you need your piece. Most times they would just like be present, but they would be like having a drink and reading the paper. Nuclear family. Um, thank you, Stevia. Amazon order for my dad for Father's Day. <laughs> I, and done. I don't know. I, I do think that the the Christmas scene is cute. And like we get to see the relationship that adult Robin Williams has with his dad. Not see, but he's like, you're the best Christmas gift at all. So clearly that's been Love improved. It. There is something a little bit unsettling, though, about that that girl, Sarah, grew up with all of the knowledge of, like, a what, like, 30-year-old woman? <laughs> and, like, had that, like, throughout her whole life. It's just a little weird. I don't know. That's why they're so rich, bro. She got to try again. They invested well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Dan put all they their money in a fruit, in a fruit company. company and yeah. We ain't got to work no more. <laughs> Plus, she knew some things, you know? She would have been real popular with the fellas, probably. Oh, boy. Of course she did. She's psychic. And that's Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Any, I, had two, I had two final, uh, or I guess just one final thought. We talked about the other one, but the score is good. Corey, this feels like a very 90s movie score, but I think it's like yeah. 
it it does stand out a couple times. Yeah, when he gets over the top, I don't love it as much, but it has some really great like musical cues, like the mysterious mysterious music cues that come up throughout are pretty good. I think it's James Horner. I don't remember is, exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. It is. Uh, music is pretty cool. Again, I, I don't love the big bombastic parts of it when things when the action is getting too intense, but that's not really the kind of stuff I like in a musical score anyway. Thoughtful, I think, is always the best. It's always the stuff that sticks with you the most. It, more for me. He did Titanic and Field of Dreams. Both of those are really good. And the dad was in Titanic. Yeah. Did he win an Oscar for his Titanic score? God, I think so. He also did Avatar. Uh, it's the highest-selling orchestral film soundtrack of all time, Titanic. Oh, I thought Jumanji was. <laughs> <laughs> Any other final thoughts on Jumanji? Yes, he won for Titanic, and he won for My Heart Will Go On. Oh, no, that's not him. Sarah and Alan, when they're older together, when they've like grown up and they've created a life together. Yeah. I really like the idea that they've been waiting for so long to like meet yeah. these kids. Oh, yeah. They planned it perfectly. Like, I, I just love that notion. Like, you know, when you share, like, a traumatic experience with someone, you feel connected to them, and that has, like, stuck with them forever, and they've been waiting for so long to be able to meet those kids, and they're just, like, they're, like, in awe of them, you know? They aren't, like, overly worshipping them, but they're, like, very... Uh, they're, they're pretty, like, quiet and stunned when they meet them. I think it's cool. When I was younger, I always thought it was really weird that, like, don't the kids seem like they have, like extra knowing glances and like are smiling extra. I always like wonder uh-huh. when I was a kid, I was like, do they know? Um, were they born yeah. with those thoughts? But I mean, it just didn't seem like that makes sense, but I always thought they, maybe they knew because of how they're looking at Alan and whatever her name is. So did they go out of their way to hire those parents? Like, did they like go head hunt them or something? Oh and- yeah. They tracked them down. Yeah. Did you like the relationship arc though, Mikey of, Sarah and Alan, like, they go from, like, really hating each other to almost kissing pretty quick. Yeah, but you have to also remember that, like, Alan is also still, like, a nine-year-old. So, I don't know, he's kind of, like, emotionally stunted when Sarah tries to kiss him. I don't know. It's like, would you try to kiss the feral kid in Road Warrior? No, probably not. He didn't, it's not like the movie Big, though, Mikey. I mean, he's not, like... No, but, like, he's not normal. I would expect him to eat my face just as much as... I mean, he's a feral man. What do you expect? It's Robin Williams' hairy, feral man. Would you try and kiss him? I don't know. Seems like a weird move on her. Who else is going to have her? Everyone thinks she's crazy. She's she's good looking. I don't know what what this town's problem is. Well, they think she's crazy. Why would she stay in that house? Great question. Like very if you, lucky. Yeah, that's pretty. If crazy. everyone thinks you're the town crazy, why would you that's stay in a town there? full of hobos? And she's well, the their town parents crazy. are married there. Yeah, there's a lot of duoping hobos walking around. <laughs> like, move! Everyone in this town thinks I'm crazy. I'll show them. I'll become a psychic. I'll be the most <laughs> rational person in the block. <laughs> um, let's get into yes or no's. I want to start with Stevie. Jumanji 1995. Some people view this as a classic. It's not. What, what do you say? <laughs> I mean, there's so many things wrong with this movie. The CGI. The logic. Uh, but god damn it, I'm going to give this a yes. Um, Whoa! <laughs> Oof, shock of the <laughs> century. I really like when young Alan comes back to see his dad. 
and he gives his dad a hug, and he's like, I've only been gone for five minutes. Like, so good. That's a really great line. Um, so yeah, I'll give this movie a yes. I really like the ending of this movie. And plus, Robin Williams is amazing. Bonnie Hunt's great. Kirsten Dunst <coughs> was a good... I mean, she wasn't given a lot to work with. A lot of her lines were exposition. Um, but um, yeah, I'll give this movie a yes. She got to do some pretty heavy lifting with the stories and trying to act like emotional for the stories she made up. She got shot in the neck. She's an awesome kid actor. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you watch this movie and you saw the two kid act, uh, three kid actors, I guess you'd be like, yeah, she's Kirsten Dunst is the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also got to remember, only four years later, she's doing Bring It On, which is a classic. Was that it? Four years? I believe so. Nineteen ninety nine. Brett, let's go on the other extreme. Uh, Stevie gave us a yes. You didn't seem to like it, but you do like this movie. Yeah, actually, you know what? It's funny that uh, Stevie kind of hit it on the head for me. It's like, uh, it's just an overall, like, just kind of an okay movie watching it as an adult. But, like, the ending is so good to me. Like, I could watch that last two-minute scene with him and his dad, like, a bunch of times. I think it was that good to me. And, like, Stevie said the writing's good. It, is, it like, really hits all the right notes. Yeah, the CGI is bad. And I don't know. I mean, it was never my favorite Robin Williams movie. It's kind of middle tier, but, I mean, it's not up there with, like, Hook and Hook and... Cadillac mm. Man. And Jack. Old Dogs. Um, <laughs> RV. <laughs> One Hour Photo. Are we there? Yeah, no. Oh, that's a weird one. But, uh, yeah, no, this is a, uh, a yes. Uh, it's a good nostalgia movie. And, I, again, I've seen it probably ten times. So, really good. The, uh, the ending is really good. The rest of it's okay. Put that together. It's kind of like Purple Rain. It's like the music was a five. The story was like a one. So, I give it like a three. So, uh, it's kind of like that with this. I mean, yeah, It is like Purple is probably- Rain. Why you say that? So yes, it's a it's a yes. <laughs> That's two yeses, Mikey. Uh, yeah, it's a yes. I haven't seen it in a while, and watching it today was pretty fun. Um, the CGI is not good at all, but one of my favorite practical, um, kind of like effects or props or whatever is the board itself. Like I forgot how awesome it looks, mm-hmm. and it does a lot of cool stuff, like the magnetic pieces or whatever when he first starts the game. I thought that was a really cool effect. I've always liked how that looked and stuff. So, Yeah, the board is awesome. Uh, I don't know. I just haven't seen it in a while, so I, I had a fun time watching it today. I, I, how does it turn into a video game? How does that transformation take place? Just what because. On there in the next movie? I think it zaps. Just does. Yeah, there's a zap, and it becomes a video game, if I remember. Classic. It's great storytelling. It's just a yes. Just a, a soft yes. I'm going to go next. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. This is a definite no. I don't understand oh, man. why Cruel a, th- bastard. a 30-year-old adult man has any reason to watch <laughs> the movie Jumanji. So much of this- You chose it. What? <laughs> I chose it because I was in a Robin Williams mood. But so much of this movie relies on spectacle, and the spectacle's fucking terrible. It looks so bad. Like, the mosquito scene sucks. The monkeys suck. 
I don't understand what you guys are talking about. The ending's good. The dad's a fucking dick. The dad needs the kid to say... But he hugs, Pap. The dad needs the kid to say sorry first before he, like, tells this kid he doesn't need to go to boarding school. It the the messaging of this movie is fucking shitty. There's no reason to watch this movie. And I'm going to say this. Welcome to the Jungle is the best Jumanji movie. It's better than this one. Yeah. Oh, well they're both better than this one in my opinion. Personally. There's literally no reason to watch or like this movie outside of nostalgia. It's not a good movie, not by any stretch of the imagination. I would even go a solid no. Maybe not a hard no. Because I fucking love 90s Robin Williams. But if this movie didn't have Robin Williams, this would be one of the worst movies I've ever seen, I think. Like, he is doing so much lifting here for how nostalgic and how much we love him. But What if it was Martin Short? It would be a fucking horrible movie. What if it was... Okay, what if it was um, Tom Hanks? It'd be a pretty good movie. Tom Hanks could pull it off. Yeah. I think Tom Hanks could pull it off. But no, this movie is not good. You guys are fucking crazy. This is, the, this is the biggest slow roll I've ever seen, Pap. Like, you did an amazing job of an hour and 12 minutes. Not, I, I thought you were going to say yes. You didn't, like, rip on the movie overly. It's crazy. Pappy says no. Stevie says yes after crazy. Good job. It's a great hosting job. <laughs> Corey, go ahead. The king of nostalgia. <laughs> uh, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. Pappy, that's pretty funny. Trying to always trying to get back to that Fast and Furious rant. I'm sorry, you've peaked, my friend. You'll never rekindle that flame. <laughs> this movie doesn't make me angry Fool in me. the same way. It's got a good heart, but it's not a good movie. Stevie, you told me you hated this movie earlier today. I like that rekindling with the dad at the end. <laughs> That's same. Awesome. I like it, man. It delivers, seals it. I'm sorry. It's like Corey. purple rain. I guarantee you, you've never gotten to hug a father in 1969. You don't know what that nobody, feels like. Okay? Nobody who saw this movie before they turned 10 would give this movie a yes. Literally 0% of the people. Sorry, Corey. We interrupted you. <laughs> Just being mean. You're being mean now. Well, I was nine when I saw this in theaters. That's an interesting take, See? Pappy. On the cutoff, yeah. Yeah, right there, wasn't I? It's funny, we were talking about 1995 movies and how like I was saying a lot of the ones that I used to watch at that time were mid. I was just looking up some movies in 1995 that I, I watched. I'm going to read a couple off. Billy Madison, Ace Ventura, Babe, Powder, The Big Green, Casper, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, and Heavyweights. Those are all 1995 movies uh, that I watched at the time, and then I continued to watch regularly because that was just something I did as a kid, even if the movie wasn't very good powder i'm looking at you uh this was another movie that i saw in theaters and then just continued to watch again it was our first dvd so that was uh certainly one of the reasons why i may have seen it more than others i think this is an okay movie still i don't think it's a great movie but i think it is kind of fun and this movie is different than the jumanji mm, sequels or reboots whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. because this movie is an adventure movie it's a different genre than the other movies. The other movies are comedies first. This movie has some comedy, but it doesn't rely on comedy. And it, maybe this is what bothers me about comedy movies in general. But any movie that is a comedy, it's designated as such, I think has to make a joke like every 
90 seconds or every minute very frequently, right? A comedy movie is just constantly throwing jokes at you. Some of them work, some of them don't, of course. That's always going to be the case. But that is just a prospect that bugs me. So that's probably why I like this one more than the sequels. I don't find them to be funny, and they're constantly trying to be funny. There's a few moments that work for me, but that's another discussion. Uh, this movie's a fun romp. It's an adventure movie. You know, I don't think there's a lot of adventure movies. It's kind of a genre that doesn't get much love, doesn't get picked up a lot. Not a lot of major movies are straight adventures. Don't I know you're writing down examples of ones that are, Pappy. You can just no. put that list aside for now. <laughs> I'm looking at trivia. <laughs> but um, I think it's it's okay for what it is. And the reason a 30-year-old would want to watch this movie is with their kids. That's it. It's a soft yes. It's a yes. It's fine. Corey. Let me, let me. I when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is just a a a kids horror movie." Because I was like, "Oh, this is kind of scary." If I was, it is scary for kids. It's funny because my wife said the exact same thing. She said, "Yeah, this movie is a little scary." And when she said that, she meant in the framework of a of a kid watching it, the target audience, you know. And it is for small children. Nobody wants a a white man chasing them with a gun. That's terrifying. <laughs> so, so let me be super charitable. To this movie, then is that why it undercuts that moment of tension with like the most ridiculous moment of comedy, Corey? Is so it doesn't get too scary for kids. What moment? When they uh, the axe moment when he looks in the camera. I don't know. There's nothing about that that's acceptable. I'm not going to justify <laughs> that in any way because I fucking hate that moment. It's quick. It's super quick in a movie. So there's no way that that can like undermine the whole movie for me. But it is a big part that I don't like. Or rather, it's a part that I don't like in a big way. Joe Johnson brought everyone back in for reshoots for that one scene. We got to get this. (laughs) We got to nail this. Speaking of comedy, that brings us to our trivia tonight. And you may have noticed, you may have noticed, listeners of this podcast for a long time, that Josh wasn't on here. Mm. I suspect that might be because we've had some very comedic answers in the past on the weight of animals. Oh boy. So this is going to be different than any closest to I think we've played before. So I have a list of six animals that appeared in this movie. We're going to go from least recent host to most recent host and you can pick what animal you want to guess, but whoever's the closest to the weight of their animal will win. And Corey, you're also going to get a big advantage at the end. So nobody Google anything once you guess, because there's going to be a a little twist at the end. But the six animals are the African buffalo, the Bengal tiger, the green anaconda, the Indian rhinoceros, the Nile crocodile, and the West African giraffe. I just sent that to you guys. So Corey, Stevie, Mikey, Brett, in the order of mo- least recent to most recent host, Corey, you can pick which animal you want to guess the weight for from those six. Oh, that's my advantage here? You get, you're going to get another advantage twist at the end. I'm saving that. But but your first advantage is you can pick which of these you want to guess and guess the weight. And then Stevie will get to pick of the remaining ones and guess the weight. And so Brett will have a choice of like two at the end. I'm going to pick the uh, Bengal tiger. Good pick. Damn it. Good pick. All right. Do I guess now or are yeah. we going to no, rotate? No. Is everyone going to pick first? Uh, 
Pick and guess. Yeah. All right. Um, wait, why did I pick that? I have no fucking idea. Shit. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be Josh. So that's a, that's one of the things with this weight game is that you don't want to be the next Josh. You did yeah. say a squid's eye was as big as a man at one point. I believe. And it was not a giant though. squid, though. He said it was like twenty-four inches in diameter. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Were we talking about a giant squid? Was I talking about a regular fucking squid? <laughs> no, even a giant squid. That's that's a big eye. Yeah, but if it's giants, think about it. it. Is that not the size of a giant thing? Like I said, Josh notably absent from tonight. <laughs> Suspiciously. Yeah. So this so. is this is tough because you got to like find the line between trying to make a good guess and getting embarrassed. You know. Let's see. I weigh 159 pounds. Damn. Ding. So a tiger got to be like twice what I weigh. Mm. All muscle, you know? So I'm going to say 300 pounds. 300 pounds. They have to be so. I'm going to write Corey next to this. Stevie, you have the African buffalo. Green anaconda, Indian rhinoceros, Nile crocodile, West African giraffe. Which one do you want? Mm, I'm so terrified to be the next Josh. Um, <coughs> I don't know why, but the Indian rhinoceros seems small. Oh. Racist. Fuck. Yeah, let's go with the Indian rhinoceros. Okay. What's your guess? Uh, 4,600 pounds. 4,600. <clears throat> now, if this is your first episode of Spoilers, whoever wins this trivia will get to pick the next movie that we, re- we review. Mikey, you last picked Uncut Gems. You have the buffalo, anaconda, crocodile, and giraffe left. What do you want? The crocodile is probably closest to a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in size and weight, so mm. I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Say uh, 400 pounds. 400 pounds. Last but not least, Brett. So we're going with who's closest and... To their respective animals' weight. So you have the, the African buffalo, the green anaconda, or the West African giraffe to choose from. It's weird that I mean I just feel like you'd want to pick the small one of the, the smallest animal because better it's chance of being close. <laughs> Which one's the smallest? Massive. I don't even know. Uh, I gotta I gotta think the the anaconda is the smallest. I'll try that one. Okay. I the largest snake on Earth is the smallest animal on here. The uh, largest crocodile on Earth got to be pretty heavy as well. Um, ugh. it's about the weight of a ninja turtle. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'll say uh, 150 pounds. 150 pounds. Okay. Corey, this is where your advantage comes in. I'm going to give you three choices. You can stay with the Bengal tiger at 300 pounds. You can switch your guess with anyone else's guess. Oh, great. So if you want to take Brett's guess, if you want to take Stevie's guess, if you want to take Mikey's guess, you guys will swap picks. Damn. Or I'll allow you to re-guess with the buffalo or the giraffe. Which of those would you like to do? Stick to your guns, switch, or re-guess? Ooh, no, that's a hot lead. This would have been a good advantage for Josh. Mm-hmm. On one hand... So many ways to embarrass himself. I can just 
take Stevie's Google result. Good on luck. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> uh, I won't have to edit an episode. Um, A lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. We'll see. For record, the African buffalo weighs 1,900 pounds. The West African giraffe weighs 2,600 pounds. Mikey, you guessed the Nile crocodile weighs 400 pounds. The Nile crocodile actually weighs 1,600 pounds. Damn. 1,250 pounds. Brett, you guessed the green anaconda weighs 500 or 150 pounds. You're off by 400 pounds. The green anaconda weighs 550 pounds. Damn. Stevie, you guessed the smaller Indian rhinoceros weighs... Is it smaller? I have no idea. 4,600 pounds. The actual Indian rhinoceros weighs 4,900 pounds. Let's go! I such a cheater. So Stevie is the closest. But Corey, you guessed the Bengal tiger weighs 300 pounds. Two Corys. A Bengal tiger, according to my extensive research... Actually weighs 570 pounds, making only 270 off. Corey, for the first time since December something, 3rd, 2021, you're the host of Spoilers. Congratulations. Nice. Good job. Wow. Way to stick to your guns. I'm proud of you. There you you go. Thank you. Do you need a minute to decide what you want to pick? Yes. In that case... Take it away, spoiler man. Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll. Brother Brian. Crossfire! 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 You'll get caught up in it. Druid King. Go for the bottom! And go for the top! Watch for the block! Forget it, you're stuck! Go for the glory! Go for the star! Go for it! I win! Nick. The game where you've got to sneak into the kitchen for a snack without waking Daddy. Land on a noise, and you have to press Daddy's alarm clock. Will he wake up? Back to bed. The Meg. David. Is it me? Is it you? No. Nurse Stacy. The Wolf. Put the pieces into the slot, make the right selection, but be quick, you're racing the clock. Barky 420. Splat! Splat! Splatting bugs is where it's at! Splat! That wasn't so bad! That was! Davey Kerr! Gather round, mice! What are we doing, boss? We're going in for the big cheese! But it's every mouse for himself, so don't get caught! Mouse trap! It's a zany action! A crazy contraption! The fun is catching its mouse trap! Total Movie Recall. What's for lunch? It's Hungry Hungry Hippos! Hungry Hungry Hippos! First to gobble up the most marbles wins! We're Hungry Hungry Hippos! We're in an eating race! Hungry Hungry Hippos! Spencer! Dr. Eating's an operation! 
Operation. Is it water on the knee? Operation. Remove the pieces and collect your fee. But don't touch the side. I'm the doctor for you. Operation. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. And we're back. Corey, what will be the next movie we review on Spoilers? So I was going to wait a little while to do this one, but I I feel really bad. (laughs) Mikey picked a movie, and he picked a movie that is one of my favorite movies of all time, starring my favorite actor of all time. And I was like, Mikey, are you sure you want to do that movie? And I think he kind of got the hint and he switched to a different one. (laughs) Dirtbag Cinema. I don't know if my sphincter can take another one of those movies. Oh, Brett, you'll hate it. Oh, your sphincter better prepare for Robert Pattinson, sir. (laughs) Because I am picking... Good time. Let's go. My sphincter has been prepared for Robert Pattinson since the first Twilight movie. Yeah, I've been been down since Harry Potter, baby. (laughs) Well, hopefully, audience, your sphincter is ready. I'm sure that episode will come out soon. Shout out to Lindsay, who just became a Patreon. Hopefully, Spoiler Man told you how to become a Patreon. Shout out to Lindsay. Thank you for listening. That was Spoilers. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, Click on our Orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. You just went straight up uh, average, Pat, for weight? Uh, I should have said this at the beginning. I went the high end of the male average. I didn't like look biggest one <coughs> ever. I was sick. Is that Indian rhinoceros? The largest one uh, was eight hundred eight thousand eight hundred twenty pounds. Dude, I the Indian rhinoceros weighs so much more than everything else on this list. I thought it was a small oh, uh, rhino. Stevie, they are the second largest living rhinoceros behind only the white rhinoceros. Dude, five thousand pounds. <laughs> I don't know why I thought they were going to be a smaller one because I just saw rhinos at Disney and I was like oh they're probably smaller the bulls average 48.50 I'm surprised a fucking anaconda weighs as much as a tiger oh I'm that, not I just assume people horrifying. hold those things obviously they don't get the big ones but yeah so I was thinking about the movie you know oh with uh, John Voight doing whatever he's doing He's supposed to be uh, like Brazilian or yeah. So he's supposed to be Portuguese. Yeah, I think all those anacondas they work union. So yeah, <laughs> union Tough to get jobs. Them out there. Union <laughs> jobs. <laughs> I'm not sure if I should pick a movie or give it to someone. <laughs> pick a movie. We can push.
We've got a huge backlog. We might have to like do a lot of pushing though. That's fine. We got a lot what's, of ba- what's the re- real uh, what, what's the like, uh, the likelihood of getting Jordan to do signs at some point beforehand? I would say pick the movie, then just pick the date whenever you can. We got to yeah, I, mean, I don't want to push too far and like be behind because I I just I miss the, doing the movie game more often. It's not that I don't love the extra stuff or Patreon stuff, but you know it feels good to get back to like the roots and stuff. What do you but, guys think? You guys want to uh, do more movie busy, games, busy, Stevie and and Mikey? Core, I keep your pick. Yeah, yeah, pick, do whatever man, you want, you man. Push. You, you be you, yeah. man. We'll be fine. We'll we'll be fine. We'll figure out stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we could always, I guess, record it, and then I might have to delay to edit. We've got so many <laughs> episodes in the backlog. There's no rush. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll make my pick. That was spoilers.